Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Great to be with you here today to talk a little Islanders hockey. Don't forget that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. We have got a lot to talk about today as the uh, Islanders get a little bit closer to the start of informal training camps. Players should be heading over and uh, to the team facilities and starting to do workouts in a few days on an informal basis. So we're certainly looking forward to that as we begin our look at getting back to hockey again. And that's very welcome news. We'll talk a little bit about one Islander who we think is very much a key to the team's success. We will also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we're going to go back into the time machine to uh, a season that was very interesting, to say the least, for the New York Islanders, and one Islanders player in particular. So we'll have that, plus a whole lot more on today's show. Don't forget, if there's something on your mind, Islanders-related, If you have a a year you'd like us or a time period you'd like us to talk about on the time machine this week before it's all over, uh, please send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, like say, hey, Doug from Hophog, for example, uh, we're more than happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the world of the New York Islanders. So, look, uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the statement that Anders Lee made with regard to the George Floyd situation. And I thought that Lee really stepped up and said a lot that needed to be said, and I I was happy, uh, needless to say, about that, and that's why I chose to read that particular statement. And there were those in social media, particularly on Twitter, who were a little disappointed by the official statement that the Islanders organization made. Certainly love to hear your thoughts if you want to email us about that statement. But at the end of the day, uh, the Islanders very much hoping that uh, 
you know, things can improve. And look, Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks has been outspoken uh, about the situation. And here's what Kane had to say. For me, it's been a good step, a small step in the right direction, Kane said, uh, with regard to the way some white NHL players, including Anders Lee, had stepped up. It's great to see not only from white players in the league, but our owner being the first on that front with his own words and not just issuing a general statement on behalf of the organization. It shows the type of character that he has and the type of character we have in this organization. I'm a believer in things starting at the top and it does not get any higher than ownership. I think it was great that he was taking the lead in these type of things. So clearly uh, some, you know, unity and progress. And look, I think the key more than anything else uh, is that people have to listen to one another, to talk to one another and to listen to one another during this difficult time and try to understand how other people of different backgrounds and, and who have to deal with different situations feel and, and to try to help our fellow Americans get through this difficult time so that everybody can live safely and fairly and reach their potential in this great and diverse country of ours. As far as the Islanders are concerned, one player who I think will be very important for the New York Islanders when play resumes is Jean-Gabriel Pajot. And look, Pajot scored a goal in each of his first two games with the Islanders after the trade deadline acquisition. And the Islanders did pay a lot to acquire Pajot. Then they end up signing him to that contract extension. So he's going to be an Islander, barring a trade, for the next few years. And after those first couple of games, his play really fell off. And that's not shocking, because he's, look, he had to move down from Ottawa to Long Island. He, you know, was separated from his family, dealing with a different language being spoken primarily here, and a whole new set of teammates and a different culture and a different coach. So, yeah, we had to expect there would be some kind of an adjustment period. But at the end of the day, the reason that the Islanders acquired Jean-Gabriel Pajot was to give scoring punch and depth to that third line, which has been an issue for the Islanders throughout the entire season. And quite honestly, I think that him stepping up and even even just reaching 85% of what he was doing in Ottawa this season, which was a career year for Pajot, if he could play 85% as well as he did in Ottawa, the Islanders will benefit greatly from his addition to the third line, from the power play, from the penalty kill, from just the depth and the faceoff uh skills that he adds to the team. That package that he brings to the lineup would be a great addition, something the Islanders lacked for most of the season. And I think, you know, if Pajot were to fit in and get comfortable and play like he did earlier in the season in Ottawa, the Islanders are a much better team than they were in the couple of months before 
play was suspended. So it's going to be important for the Islanders to get improved production from Jean-Gabriel Pajot once the playoffs get underway against the Florida Panthers in August. And if you want to get production from yourself, it's time to try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I tell you, I've always had trouble with protein bars. They don't taste good. The texture isn't good. But I really, really enjoy the Built Bar. There are 16 amazing flavors. Half of them are nut-free. Half of them are with nuts. All of them covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And best of all, Built Bars are healthy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Look at the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, yes, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot will be a big key for the Islanders. That third-line center position really has been a problem. And originally, Derek Brassard was going to take over that role. He was a free agent signing during the offseason. And it never really panned out consistently. Brassard played his best hockey when injuries hit the forward lines and he had to move up to the wing and played on the second line wing. That's when he was playing his best hockey, and that's when the Islanders were on that 17-game point streak in October and November. So, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and first of all, let's wish a very happy birthday, 54th birthday, to defenseman Doug Huda. Huda played for the Islanders between 1996-97, and 1997-98, so he got to wear the Fish Sticks jersey, actually started or played a few games for the Utah Grizzlies of the IHL back in 96-97, and the thing about Huda, he was not a big offensive point producer, he was already a veteran, came up with the Red Wings, played some for the Hartford Whalers, made stops in LA and Buffalo before coming to the Islanders, and then played for Anaheim and Detroit and Buffalo again before wrapping up his career in 2002-2003. Went on to be an assistant coach after that. But we're going to take a look at a big game for Doug Huda. Again, offense, not his forte, uh, but he certainly added leadership and consistency on defense We're going to go back to a game from December 26, 1996 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders with Eric Fischow in goal against the New Jersey Devils and Martin Brodeur. Devils broke out on top. Steve Thomas got his sixth of the year from Dave Andrichuk and Bobby Holik with less than a minute left in the first period. But the Islanders answered in the third period, finally breaking through on Brodeur, and it was Doug Huda scoring his second goal of the season. Derek King and Brian Smolinski with the helpers. Then, a few minutes later, with the Islanders shorthanded, Ziggy Palfi got his 21st of the year from Marty McGinnis at 6.03, 
and the Islanders had a 2-1 lead. Later on in the third period, with exactly five and a half minutes left, Derek King scored from Kenny Janssen and Rich Pilon at 14:30. Islanders led 3-1, and then Smolinski, Brian Smolinski, putting in an empty net, unassisted goal with 10 seconds left in the game to give the Islanders a 4-1 victory over the Devils. Devils had a good team that year, but the Islanders got the job done on this night. 25 saves for Eric Fischow. Doug Huda, one goal on two shots. He was a plus one in this one, and this was a, a bit of a fight-filled contest with Brian Berard and Ken Danico going at it, as well as Scott Lachance and John McClain. We then had Scott Stevens and Randy Wood. So three fights breaking out over the course of this game between division rivals. But thanks to, in part, Doug Huda, the Islanders end up with the victory. And this was actually Huda's second goal of the year. And uh, that was the last goal that he scored for the Islanders that season. He had two goals and eight assists for 10 points, 99 penalty minutes in 97-98, 31 games, one goal, two assists for Huda with the Islanders. In 96-97, he was a plus one, which is pretty impressive because the Islanders really were not a very strong team that year. So again, Huda with the experience, with the uh, steady defensive play in his own zone, the leadership qualities that he brought. Want to wish him a very happy and healthy 54th birthday to our Islanders' birthday of the day, Doug Huda. And if you want to make your car happy, well, I have a suggestion for you. You know, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like what airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody. It does not require membership or an account logon. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet for your car or truck. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, and that's certainly a help during this difficult time with the COVID-19 virus. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, so it's time machine time right now, and as we head back in the time machine. We are going to go back to the 2006-2007 season, the best year for Jason Blake, a a guy who scored 40 goals for the Islanders that season. 
and was a big reason that the Islanders reached the playoffs. And, you know, this was one of those uh, transition years in a lot of ways for the Islanders, uh, 2006-2007. It was the year that they did acquire Ryan Smith at the trade deadline, and by far for Jason Blake, his best season in the NHL. As I mentioned, 40 goals, 69 points, both of those career highs for the Islanders. By the way, he was clutch that year. Seven of his goals were game winners. So we're going to go back and highlight a big game from Jason Blake. And if it's going to come against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden, always great to go back and visit that rivalry. So we're going to go back in the time machine to December 19th, 2006. First of all, what was on the charts then? Well, at number five, My Love with by Justin Timberlake. Fergalicious from Fergie was at number four. Smack That by uh, Akon featuring Eminem was at three. I Want to Love You, Akon featuring Snoop Dogg at number two. And then Beyonce had the number one spot on the charts that week with the song Irreplaceable. Meanwhile, at the movies... Well, let's see. We had The Holiday, Apocalypto, Happy Feet, the uh, animated movie about penguins. That was up there. The remake of Charlotte's Web, Aragon, and at number one, Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. That was what was uh, basically going on in movies back in late, mid to late December of 2006. So we go to Madison Square Garden. Islanders taking on the Rangers, always a great matchup. Rick DiPietro in between the pipes for the Islanders. The Rangers go with uh, a former Islander and a current uh, broadcaster in Kevin Weeks. The Rangers got on the board first. Brendan Shanahan picked up his 23rd of the year on the power play. Uh, Tom Pody was in the box for the Islanders for tripping. Carol Rakunik and Yaramir Yager with the helpers, and it was one to nothing Rangers. But the Islanders did not let that lead stand for long. Jason Blake gets his 17th of the year unassisted less than a minute after uh, Shanahan put the Rangers on top. And after 20 minutes, the game was even at one and one. In the second period, the Rangers got themselves into some penalty trouble. Brendan Shanahan went off for roughing at 4.48. And then, 25 seconds later, Yaramir Yager was called for holding. The Islanders end up with a power play. And they cash in as Jason Blake gets his second of the game. 18th of the year, Tom Pody and Sean Hill get the assists. At that point, the Rangers kept getting into penalty problems, and the Islanders just kept cashing in. Ex-Islander Darius Kasparitis called for hooking at 6.54, and less than a minute after that, the Islanders get another power play goal, and it's by Jason Blake again. He gets the natural hat trick. Three goals in a row, his 19th of the season. Miro Shatan and Tom Pody get the assist. Islanders added to their lead a little bit less than five minutes later. Alexi Yashin, his 12th of the year. Chris Simon and Chris Campoli with the assist at 12:31, and it's a 4-1 to 
Islanders lead. But late in the second period, the Rangers' power play clicks. Victor Kozlov off for hooking at 18.44 of period two. And Yaramir Yager gets his 15th goal of the year. Martin Straka and Brendan Shanahan assists at 19.19. And the Islanders' lead is cut to 4-2 to two after 40 minutes. In the third, Yager strikes again midway through the period, his 16th from Brendan Shanahan and Martin Straka at 11.45. That made it a one-goal game, but that was as close as the Rangers would get. Rick DiPietro makes 30 saves to earn the victory. The Rangers had 33 shots on goal, the Islanders 26, but because of the strong play of Jason Blake, who had a hat trick to pace the Islanders on five shots, by the way, uh, the Islanders skate away with a 4-3 to three win at Madison Square Garden. And always, you know, a win is always good, but you get two points against the Rangers, and that is twice as sweet. The other Islander with a multi-point game in this one, Tom Pody, who had a pair of assists, uh, Blake and Chris Simon and Alexi Yashin, each leading the Islanders with a plus two in this game. And shots on goal, we mentioned Blake had five. That was second on the Islanders. Miroslav Shatan had six to lead the club. He had one assist in the game, did not score. But those two players had 11 of the Islanders' 26 shots. And then Victor Kozlov added four. So 15 of the Islanders' 26 shots coming from just three players in this particular game. But, uh, you know, 2006-2007, uh, a pretty darn good season for the New York Islanders. They end up going to the playoffs. And again, as I said, Jason Blake getting the 40-goal season to lead the Islanders in that department. They finished 40, 30, and 12, got into the playoffs really, you know, with a big finish. Uh, thankfully, uh, after the Smith trade brought them in and gave them that little bit of extra talent, took on the Buffalo Sabres in that first round of the playoffs. Remember, they get in on the final game of the year, Wade Dublowitz, with the big poke check when Rick DiPietro and Mike Dunham weren't able to go. And, you know, they, they made it to the playoffs, faced the Buffalo Sabres, fell to the Sabres in five games after winning one of the first two up in Buffalo. Ryan Smith led the team with four points in five playoff games for Jason Blake. One goal, two assists in that series. But that was it for Blake. He became a free agent and signed in Anaheim after that season was over. And the Islanders did not necessarily uh, return to the playoffs the following season as injuries hurt Ted Nolan's team. But for the Islanders, 2006-2007, a pretty good season, a return to the playoffs for the first time in, uh, you know, in about four years. So that was a definite plus. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smartphone to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective 
on the sport of hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Keep that social distancing going. And remember, every day gets us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. We'll be back tomorrow with more great Islanders content right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And of course, let's go Islanders.